be an instrument. Be an instrument for God. Be an instrument for spirit. And open up your heart and mind to that. And you will be surprised how incredibly universal these experiences will be. And it will change how you look at everything. Welcome to the first show of Let Spirit Speak, The Mystical Journey of the Soul. And I am your host, Alan Holmes, medium and healer and founder of Spirit Lights Healing Center. This podcast is dedicated, and I mean it is dedicated to the world of spirit, mediumship, healing, experiences such as premonitions, connection with the spirit world through dream state, near-death experiences, universal mystical experiences that many in mainstream religions and alternative practices have. Experiences of synchronicity. You know, that wonderful phone call that you get from someone that you haven't thought of in three, four, or five years, and they call you, and you've just thought of them about a minute or two beforehand. Experiences of the chakras and auras, that will be discussed and so much more. In addition to this podcast, we will soon, and I hopefully we will soon, have a YouTube radio show in which people can call in. They can call in live to discuss and share experiences. On the radio show, I am hoping, and this hopefully will happen soon, to be offering, when announced, messages from Spirit. So people can call in and we can give you, hopefully, a tune with you and give you some messages, as well as online healing, which is very important. And when we can, both on the podcast and radio show, special guests to discuss and join in on topics related to the spirit world. Also, you will be privy to the many services. And here's a little bit of a promo plug to services we will be offering, such as demonstrations of mediumship and healing that people can sign up for. Private readings, again, which you can sign up for, also known as private sittings for those in England. Workshops and retreats being offered for you and for you to gather with others of like mind to share and grow in your journey. And I am really thrilled to be sharing all this with you. I have had experiences since the age of three and I have been wondering at what point in my life would I be able to start to really talk to people in a broad way. And I've, I've done this for quite a while, in and out of it, of course, because we all have a path and a life and uh, we all have bills and, <laughs> and families and all of our wonderful responsibilities that we must take care of. But I've been waiting for a long time and this is this is the time and so we're going to share as much as possible when we, and talk about all these experiences it's interesting because we talk about clairaudience clairvoyance and clairsentience and i think that those three of course are the basis of all mediumship but there's also the great mystical journey of the soul isn't there and many of us have known for a very long time myself very much so since the age of three that this was not our first go around. We've been here a few times, maybe more than a few. 
And there are many religions in the world, particularly, of course, in Buddhism and through the Tibetan traditions, reincarnation being discussed. Of course, the Hindi, their, their texts talk about it, various levels of the soul and all that we're trying to achieve. I first was told about reincarnation when I was about three and a half to four years of age. I woke up from a dream and I was in Brandon, Manitoba. I was born there. Yes, and uh, Prairie Boy from Canada, right, in the heartland, feet flat on the ground. <laughs> Literally flat on the ground, because that's all there was. And I woke up from this dream, and I knew what the word reincarnation meant. Not only did I know what the word meant, I knew the word at the age of three and a half to four years of age. And I remember coming out into our kitchen and my mom and dad were standing there together, so I knew it had to be a weekend, as I sit here in my memory, because my father worked, you know, Monday to Friday. And I said, oh, by the way, I know what reincarnation means. We've all been here before. And I went running off. Well, this was in the 1960s. And um, they, uh, <laughs> they just went dead silent and watched me for the rest of the day, wondering what was going on and for about a week I remember chatting about it like it was normal and then gradually it faded away as these things do and I remember for that entire week my parents being very very quiet with me something you know from that era was you just didn't talk about things you you didn't bring it up you didn't pursue and in a way, actually, it was kind of good because it didn't lead me on into anything. Like now, people are very willing to talk and be open and listen, but they're also very big about giving advice and what things are and aren't and making sure that they're, they, they get to tell you their opinion about your experience. My parents never discouraged me, but at the same time, they never encouraged, encouraged me. So I see that really now as a bonus because my father always had this attitude and, and this came from his prairie background, being a farmer before I was born. Son, it, it'll all work out. We'll just, we'll just let it move itself through. You know, we'll just let it go and see, see what happens in, in the world. And that came from his understanding of farming to do with weather and animals and the cycle of life how things follow through and everything always seems to work out in the end if you just sort of follow the path that's opening up for you in a very natural way kind of kind of Taoist actually as I think about it now and that'll come up in as we go along in these sessions because I had a, a very intimate wonderfully intimate relationship in terms of a teacher-student situation with a person who was the instrument of a Taoist from the spirit world. And I'll discuss that in greater detail with names and dates. Yes, believe me, everything we talk about on this show and anything anywhere that you deal with me, it's all about evidence, people. You've got to have the evidence, you've got to have the goods or it means nothing. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But getting back to my dad there just for a moment, just letting things go as they will and not trying to constantly be in control of it all. 
And so instead of discouraging me, which they didn't do, and they didn't encourage me, it was just taken with a bit of a, huh, well, wonder what that's about. I guess it'll show itself <laughs> as it goes along. And my very first, however, experience, I was about two and a half, three years of age, and it was at night in my bedroom. And I woke up and standing at the end of my bed was what I, at that time, called the man with Christmas tree lights. And he was short, as I realize now, probably about 5'4", five, 5'2", five, somewhere in there. And he was just lit up in all this light and lights. There was golden light and white light and there was blue and green and pink and everything. And I remember at that moment, and this, this for some people might be a bit scary, but in that moment, I was looking around the room and suddenly all these hands started coming into my room through my walls and people started to step into my room. And I, it didn't scare me at all. I just kind of went back to sleep. <laughs> but from that point on, I started having dreams, premonitions. I would hear things, see situations, few people from spirit. I was always knowing things. I was terrible at Christmas. <laughs> Used to be great. <laughs> I'm sure many of you out there had this experience if you've had anything to do with the psychic or the, or the or mediumship in any way where particularly when you're younger, you already knew what you were getting and you could go to the box and pick it up and know what it was. Yeah, it was it was a little bad for a while. <laughs> and those experiences were delightful in, in many ways, but when I was four years of age, I came out of my uh, bedroom. It was Christmas Eve. Well, I guess now it was Christmas morning because it was two in the morning on December 25th. And I walked into our living room in Brandon, Manitoba. And standing beside the Christmas tree was this man dressed in a garb that I did not recognize at all. It wasn't in the traditional Santa Claus garb. It was older and I said to him telepathically see I always knew how to do that I know no one ever had to tell me because everybody knows if you speak out loud in a situation like that usually the apparition disappears because it breaks the vibration so I said to him telepathically who are you and he said back to me I'm Saint Nicholas so I went running into my parents bedroom jumping up and down on the bed waking them up and telling them about this man who was in our living room at the same time as I was having that experience in the living room when I was standing there my sister for some reason had come out she was three years older so she was about seven and I turned to her and I said you know did you see him and she said oh yeah 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 I saw him and so as I'm jumping up and down on the bed and I told was telling my parents what I saw they're saying oh Alan you were just dreaming go back to bed you know leave us alone let us sleep we're older <laughs> and I turned to my sister and I said she saw him too at which point she said I didn't see anybody and let me tell you at that point and this is I suppose where my Irish blood came in I looked at her I looked at my parents 
And I said to myself quite clearly, I will never share another experience with you people as long as I live. I don't care if that experience would save your life. I know, pretty bad, right? <laughs> but like I say, Irish blood, lots of victoriolic energy. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, I laugh about it now, but then I was serious. And for many years, I didn't tell them anything. I would have things happen and I'd say, nope not telling you. And I didn't tell a lot of people. It wasn't until I got into my later teenage years and that was because of certain other life things that happened, you know, and those things bring things back out, right? So I just went on with school, I would have my dreams, I would have premonitions and I would just go, go along with it. But what I really want, I think, to really get at with this show is get people to really see the multiplicity of all these experiences. You know, we talk about mediumship and it can be quite narrow sometimes. We can talk about healership as, as well, anything. I've often said to people, and I've, I've taught people in circles and various workshops, and I all, always ask them this question. Would you rather be a psychic, a medium, or a mystic? And I always stop for that extra second on the word mystic. Because that, dear friends, is where we're all headed. That's the ultimate journey of the soul in, in this life. A mystic has, will have all of the experiences at some point maybe once or twice in their life, but they will have everything happen. Clairaudience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, premonitions. They, will, they might have a, a moment where they actually have a very clear vision of, of what we would call the kind of the higher souls of the spirit world, possibly a master or two. And it will always be evidential. There will be something in it that will be provable. It won't be just someone saying, oh yeah, I channel this and this and this and this soul without any real, and I mean real evidence, not slightly made up, but real evidence. And that's not to say that people are lying. People are well-meaning and they have, we tend to have powerful connections to our experiences as we should, because those experiences, by the way, every single experience that I will talk about over these next, I don't know, months, years, whatever it is, I will be able to recount them in perfect detail. Certain ones, the ones that are super strong. The average reading one, maybe once in a while something stays. A reading that's special outside kind of the norm, those ones have something special in them that, st that stay, stay with me even to this day. You know, even after doing a long demonstration, if there is one that is really powerful that has more in it for whatever reason for the soul and spirit, the soul here, the type of information, it stays with me. The rest won't. <laughs> I won't be able to tell you how I walked on and off the stage really, but there'll be something in that one moment that, that hooks in on a spiritual level, a deeper soul level. And we can all have these to some degree, but I'm going to tell you my friends, meditation and dedication of time to your inner development is the first place to start. That's where the, the journey begins. Some people say it's a battle. It can be. 
And that's fair enough because that can be, that can, for some, that's what it's like for a while. But none of us walk alone. None of us walk alone on this journey and none of us walk alone in life because that power that we call God is always working with us. It's always molding us. It knows what our soul is striving for. Even when we're in this body and this consciousness that's locked up, that divine power looks at us and says, yeah, that one's going to be okay. We're going to, we're going to get them there. And it may take a few lifetimes. And when I say few, and I'm talking thousands, but we're going to get there. We're all going to get there. You know, this always brings up the questions of right and wrong and moral and ethics. And yes, we should always be striving to, to do the best. And we should always be striving to be as moral, morally and ethically honest. And let's say honest as we can be and strive for that. I mean, there are great things that have been written. The Ten Commandments aren't so bad. I know Christianity gets a bad rap, but there's a lot in the Ten Commandments that are actually quite good. And there are, there are ethical and moral uh, treaties in Hinduism, Buddhism, and, and, and Islam, and various, various parts of many religious and spiritual practices. And most of them, actually, if you really sit down and read them, they actually link to each other, don't they? There's cross-knowledge wisdom that seems to be part of, of each other's. So I'm very much... I'm open to the universal experience of God and spirit, not just these are what mediums do. So mediums only do this. I find that very difficult to live in. There was a, a, a time when the late 90s, early 2000s, and some people out there, if they actually hear this podcast, are going to know what I'm talking about if they were in this work around that time, particularly coming out of England. There was, for some reason, some weird teaching that was going on for about five, seven years of a way to do demonstration work. And that was, you got the communicator's name, you knew their relationship, you knew how they died. There's the message for the person here in the audience, you move on. Now it sounds very neat and tidy, but actually it was ridiculous. You really think about this. If we're talking about communicating with people, if I'm sitting here with you, am I going to ask you, I may ask your name. I'm not going to ask you your relationship with other people. I'm not going to ask you how you died or lived. <laughs> this, is, this is not intelligence. This is a, here's a box and we're going to try and sell this box. I was just starting to work with this. Again, it was a period of time when I was actually in this for quite well for about three or four years and then I was out of it for a while and back in and, and there's I'll tell that story another day it's long and convoluted but it makes perfect sense to my life now for sure I came across that teaching and because I really wanted to you know stretch myself and try I really tried this and it was probably the worst mistake I made for about two and a half years it shut everything down. In the end, I, I, I was finding it hard to do anything and it was breaking my heart because I had been had experiences since I was three. And then I came across someone out of that same area, England, etc., and and they were saying, yeah, no, this is not how mediumship is done. And they were referencing older mediums from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, late 1800s, etc. And you read all their, their books of what how mediumship worked for them. 
nobody ever did mediumship like that. In fact, many times you're, you're up there and you get a bunch of information in a demonstration and you don't know who you're with, who's in the audience, but the, the evidence is coming so clearly that often one or two people put up their hands and you know you're kind of with them and then eventually the what I call the catalyst information comes through and it goes to one particular person. That's often how it works. Not always, but often. There was a great medium, Nita Saunders, mid-90s, and she really, when I saw her work as a demonstration medium, I was just blown away. But she was a machine gun, and she went straight to everybody. <laughs> and so much so, she was from Scotland, you know, Edinburgh, and you, you just didn't say no to Nita because you were terrified in a good way, in a very, very good way. <laughs> but she just went straight on at you. And it was fantastic. So everyone's different. And personalities also make up some of your own mediumship. But it was, it was really interesting to see how all this worked out. So when people say mediums work like this, and these are the only type of experiences they have, I look at that thing, bollocks. You know, Notre Damas was probably a great medium. And he also received a lot through premonitions and prophecy. I've had some of that in my life. Quite a bit, actually, and you'll we'll go on about that as, as the weeks go on, etc. And I know other people have. So I don't believe in just a medium, just a healer. Yes, if the if it's meant that you're going to work predominantly more in one or the other, that will happen. And that's that's the plan. That's the plan from spirit. That's probably within your soul's plan you've, you've you've sort of decided that before you came back but that doesn't mean you won't have moments of where a great healing moment can't happen through you so let's take the word out let's use this word instead of medium or healer or any of those other things although we will but for today i want you to think about are you just a medium or healer or wish to be or are you an instrument be an instrument for God. Be an instrument for spirit. Because spirit are, are just the mouthpieces of the, of the divine, usually. Be an instrument. And open up your heart and mind to that. And you will be surprised how universal the experiences will be. How incredibly universal these experiences will be. And... It will change how you look at everything about your life, about other people. Because I've been in many situations where I've seen mediums working and you can tell that they feel the pressure to be the medium that day. And I really see this in trance. This, this tends to happen in trance mediumship more than others. And there's a bit of pressure to produce the trance. Well, again, we'll talk about trance in a deeper way in another day. But what happens is often the trance is okay in those moments. It's not great. And you can tell the medium, and if they're honest, was struggling. Because there's a possibility that the spirit world was saying, yeah, not trance tonight very much. Nope, this, this isn't the right vibe or where it's just not going to happen. Sit and talk about it instead. But often people then, because of the pressure of something that's been announced or this, there's going to be a trance mediumship tonight, they go on with it. The best medium I ever saw 
for being honest about their mediumship and how it was working was for, was, and anyone who was in Vancouver in the 70s and 80s, you will know this name, I mean Vancouver, Canada, BC, David Young. David was brilliant. He was a brilliant demonstration medium. He was also impeccably honest about it. There are stories of David, people spending $25, $30 or so for a ticket back in the 70s. That was a lot of money. Coming in for a demonstration and he'd stand up and say, ladies and gentlemen, I know spirits around me, but there's nobody here from the spirit world stepping forward to speak. So we're just going to sit down and talk tonight. And it would still be brilliant. And people accepted that. How many do you ever see do that now? Almost nobody. Because everybody is, is more, I think, a little worried about the pressure to produce results. That's a problem. Because it doesn't always work that way. Every reader, anyone who does this work like I do, doing readings, etc., there's always a time when somebody comes through the door that not much comes to you at all from the spirit world. And it's not your fault and it's not theirs. You have to trust the intelligence. So I'm just going to quickly tell this story. My father died when I was in high school and I had, it was before I graduated grade 12. And for 22 years after that, I never had a message from him ever from any medium. Now, when I went for a reading, I would never sit there and even think in my mind that I wanted certain people from the spirit world to show up. It just, I just never did that. I always know and knew then that the right people from spirit will show up, that whatever is going to be said to me, if this is a decent medium, is going to be said to me. And it always was. So this one time, only time I did it, I was going on a trip back to England and as I got on the plane, I had already decided to see a medium there. And I said to Spirit, and I said to my father, Oh, for God's sakes, Dad, it's been 22 years. Can we get to it now? <laughs> you know, it's just a, and I left it, and I totally forgot about it. I did. It left me, forgot about it. Got there, and this saw this lovely medium, Janet, Janet Gaze. Beautiful. Just stellar dressed very nicely and sat down and we're sitting there and there's a wall to my left and she's sitting in front of me. And I looked, I was just looking around the room and suddenly through the wall comes this purple blue man is <laughs> the best way I can describe it about the height of my father, not fully formed, not with all the face and everything, but this energy pattern the best way to describe it for people who don't have never had that experience but it still is in the form of a man stepping towards Janet and I thought to myself right away it's my dad and I looked at her and in my mind I said go and she started with Alan I have your father here it was it was brilliant it was in terms of evidential mediumship it was the best I had ever experienced for myself coming to me from the spirit world and was incredibly meaningful, 22 years. So the point of this story is, it's not in your time, little ones. It's not. 
It's in their time. They know better than you. And every spirit communication and healing is a planned event. It is always, always planned. It's planned by the spirit world before you might even be thinking of it. Because they already know that you're ready for something. And because of the situation with my father and his death, I was probably at the best place in my life to be able to, to take that those messages, those that, that communication, that, that moment of um, sacredness with my father. Because it is sacred. And it, I, I mean, I cried like a baby for like 20 minutes. It was just beautiful. Just so beautiful. And... We have to understand and we have to, I'm sorry to say to the public, educate the public enough to understand that much. That when you're coming to a medium, it's often not where you're at about the reading in terms of the spirit world coming to you. It's about what the spirit world knows about you already and whether or not it's, the, it's really the most optimum time for you to receive that message. I had, I had to wait 18 years, or sorry, 22 years in the wilderness, working through my life and, and all the challenges that went along, knowing that, that, because my mother died when I, was, when I was younger, knowing that I was being guided some days quite well, but never hearing a direct message from them in that way, and just trusting. And we need that. We, we have to have those experiences. That's why if you go to too many mediums, people to get readings, eventually the spirit world just dries up and they kind of sit there on the other side and they go, hey, what gives? We just gave you a message like two days ago. What do you want? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, you, you got to go live your life now. This is your free will, free choice, free decision. That's why you're in the body. That's why you're in this corporeal being that's, going through all of these crazy experiences and emotions and, and letdowns and ups and happiness and joy and sadness and despair. It's part of what this reality is. We have to take that on board. So my dear friends, I wish you so well. We will talk about meditation. We will talk about chakras, crown chakra. I love that. The whole thing about chakras, that was given to me in dream state when I was a teenager. Never read a book about the chakras till I was about 25, 26. Didn't want to. I don't like to read a lot, although over the years I have read philosophical books to do particularly with mediumship and spiritualism. But for the most part, I try not to read too much that way because then it can never be a pure experience. And I've been so lucky to have pure experiences like this. So I fingers crossed that uh, I can share some of that with you. And hopefully, hopefully by sharing these stories and sharing my experiences and, and just talking about various experiences, that they help you. That maybe, maybe they give you a bit of clarity. But I know this for sure. Every day, tell the divine power, God, whatever word works for you, that you are grateful for your life that you give yourself in some way in service to help others. Not to be virtuous about it. Get that out of your head. 
not to be known for being good and kind, not to be told that you're special, but because it comes from your heart, because you're serving the divine will and the divine fire. And let's think about that, the divine fire that has created all life. So I send as much as I can thoughts of healing, upliftment, wherever you are in your journey. If you're in a moment of despair, know that you can ask for help right now from the spirit world. Something will happen. It might take three weeks, three days. I know this so well for a fact, but something will come your way. But if it does, you got to grab onto it. We get opportunities thrown at us only so many times in a lifetime. So often we don't jump on board because we don't have the confidence in ourselves. That, that's what's usually lacking. There's a fear. There's something that's that. oh, yeah, I know that's right. I know that. Oh, no, there it goes. Oh, it comes back again 10 years later. And you might be lucky enough that it, you get one more shot. And then the cycle has to change. Then, then it might be another lifetime. But that's part of the soul journey. That doesn't mean you're bad. <laughs> it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It just means that you weren't ready within yourself to really jump on board. And one last thought. I want you to keep this in mind. The intuitive mind, the spirit mind, is the highest form of intelligence. It is the highest form of intelligence. And I don't mean intuition that's linked directly to your emotions. Real intuition is like a straight download of information. And when it comes to you, it has no feeling for you. And you just kind of go, okay, I'll go do that. And then you do it and then it works out. Then the emotion hits because you have followed through and you feel the joy of it. But it doesn't have emotion attached to it right away. It will have, it's an intuitive intelligence that speaks directly to your soul. It sort of bypasses the, the shall we say, the pathways, the, the nervous system pathways to do really with emotional response. So I wish you so well and I hope to hear from you at some point when we have the radio show going. I hope that we now will do some of the podcasts visually as well and that we we have many years, I hope, of discussion and sharing and experiences together. Thank you very much. God bless. Bye-bye.